I need you to listen to this for me. Like we're friends and, and I feel like this could really help you if you listen to this podcast episode. She read some Harry Potter fan fiction and that's not that's not clean stuff. I know what goes on on those websites. So. Like they'll give somebody like a three piece suit and a pocket watch or something. And you're like, what do you mean? This is his new look. How could that be his new look? You know, someone turns a corner to their cat and the cat says, well, hi, like a Southern gentleman. And I love that. Hello. Before you listen to the intro, you're going to have to listen to the pre-intro where I explain that I kind of sound like garbage during this episode. I'd not just say like a classic podcasty thing, but like it sounds like I'm trapped in a well. So I think maybe I accidentally recorded with my computer microphone instead of my fancy profesh microphone. So I really apologize for that. If you're a person who gets really freaked out by bad audio, please don't listen. Don't. Don't hurt your little ears. For everybody else, welcome to the intro. Hello and welcome to People You May Know. My guest today is my cousin Stephanie. So last week I had on Allison, Stephanie's sister. And guess what? There's a third sister. Will she ever be on? Rachel, will you be on? I don't know. I really can't make any promises. But I hope so. I hope somebody got to get the trifecta, right? You got to do it. So I had so much fun with Stephanie. Wow. Like truly freaking my beak about some of the things that we talked about on this episode. Right from the start, her refrigerator organization. I can't, I can't get out of my head. I can't get out of my head. Did she ever send me a picture of it? No, she didn't. Hold on a second. I'm just realizing this right now. You didn't send me a picture, Stephanie. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna Instagram message her because that's, I need to see this fridge. I need to see it. So, so many good things on this episode. And I tell you, like, I had plans. I had things to ask. And it just, it went out the window. Because, you know, when you, when you just vibe with someone, when things just flow, you can't control where it goes. You can't control it. So I, I wanted to ask her questions about, like I said, she's had a lot of different jobs, a lot of really cool jobs. And I wanted to ask her about her favorite jobs, least favorite jobs, what she really likes to do, what she doesn't like to do. I mean, honestly, I wanted to do like a career aptitude test thing. Those are, I mean, those are incredible. I've taken so many because I always hope it'll like show something different. It'll just like click. Oh, that's right. But it's like recently all suggesting like administrative work. And I'm like, look, I know I like tedious paperwork. I get it. I enjoy filing. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not going to go do that. I want you to tell me I should be an actress or something. I, you know, follow like a real dream here. I don't, I don't need to be told that I enjoy bagging groceries. I know that. I know that's who I am in my heart is a bagger and a clerical person, but 
I want, I want something exciting. Forestry. No, don't, no, don't suggest forestry. I'm not going outside for anything. I can't do it. So I really cannot wait for you to listen to this episode because it's just the most fun ever. And I feel like when you listen, you will feel the fun. And we, we didn't even get into family stuff at all. I mean, I could have talked with her about the time that we slept in the same bed as kids and she woke up covered in my urine, (laughs) you know, just the fun stuff. You know, when she came to visit me at my house and I had alcohol poisoning, but we just pretended I had a, a flu, you know, I mean, it's just, we didn't even get into when we danced Macarena at a party at her house, you know? So there's really a lot more to get into. Of course, there can be an episode two in the future, but for now you have episode one. So I really need you to just suck it up, buttercup and listen to this one. Okay. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? You have a uh, hospital-like drinking cup of water. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen that aside from when a woman is like in labor. These are my ice ice. chips. Yeah. Um, Oh, are you a crazy ice person? No, I can't oh, okay. chew ice. I don't really like it. Are you a crazy ice person? No, no. Okay. Um, I had a coworker. I worked at a hospital. That's like, this is like giving me flashbacks. I worked at a hospital mm. and she would go to like the pediatric unit and take their ice because she was obsessed with ice. And you know, she found out it's like, it's an anemia thing, like iron deficiency, <sighs> but she's still, you know, she's not fixing it. She's just, just eating ice. I mean, that's a solution, right? Yeah, in its own way. I don't know. I think I just maybe haven't tried the good ice. Maybe I just have to, like, have a baby go through that whole thing. I think you see ice differently after childbirth. I think that's a thing. Mm -hmm. No, but this is like a deli container. You know, like when you go to the deli and you're like, do you want 32 ounces of potato salad? And you're like, yes, please. So I okay. bought like like a hundred of these, and this is what I use to organize my fridge. And they all stack; they have the same lids. Oh. So there's like eight ounce, sixteen ounce, and then this is the big one. And I didn't know you were gonna see me. So <laughs> okay, these are your. You said you're getting into meal prep. Kind of not meal prep, but more like like fridge accessibility. I forget what's okay. in my fridge. Like, I forget how much of something I have. And when it's in these containers, I'm like, oh, I'm running low on peanut butter or like. Because did you have like some bad moments before where you went to the store and you bought like a thousand of something and you were like, oh, my God, I already have a thousand of this. Yeah, that would definitely happen. That would definitely (laughs) happen. But it's it's also like they're see through. So it's like I, I can see everything. And if I if I just look in my fridge. I'll, like, all of a sudden make up a recipe. I'll be like, oh, I'll just make this. But if it's, like, Mm -hmm. 
I don't even know what my fridge was like before I had it like this. It just works so well for my brain as far really? as like knowing what's available to eat, being creative about what I want to eat. And yeah, knowing what I need to buy, like what I'm running out of and yeah. Is it just more appealing to see the food too that way? Yeah. Okay. Are you like decanting like, it? I haven't gotten that advanced yet. So like my goal okay. would be more to like you were saying, like meal prep it where you you buy the veggies and the fruits and whatever and it's all cut up and then that way you could just like throw a salad together or make it easier but right now it's like I just I take my peanut butter out of the peanut butter jar and I put it into a different jar my god <laughs> which is just called decanting well, like that's what like crazy like organized you know people with too much time do where they decant their whole fridge like like all of my what? condiments are in squeeze bottles so it's like my maple syrup wow. my mustard like they're all in like matching squeeze bottles and everything just fits in my I'll send you a picture after but I was gonna say can I get a picture and I'll post it when I post this episode everybody can see <laughs> it's so satisfying is... but when I did it when I first like converted my fridge it was like over six hours of my time because I had to like empty out all the containers and then wash them to like recycle them and stuff and I was shocked how long it took me to do like my pantry and my kitchen. I'm one person, so I can't imagine like people taking it on. But now that I have it, I'm really glad I have it though. So I don't okay, know. are you one of those people who has like all of your cereal too, like sitting out on the counter in the clear jar? It, they're they're in these little guys. Yeah, oh, they're every well, everything's in the same thing. <laughs> Except my tortilla chips because that's just ridiculous. Thirty two ounces of tortilla many. chips. No, it's just like. It'd be too many of these. Yeah, I would probably need, like, five of these. Yeah. Anyway. So are your tortilla chips then just in the normal bag? They're just in the bag, and it's just obscene. It just looks... I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Disgusting. That's so funny. I'm actually, like, on board with you with a lot of this, but the peanut butter example is, like, upsetting. (laughs) I can't take it. I know, it's ridiculous. I actually have a place in my fridge for, like, things I haven't decanted yet. It's like, you live over here. I haven't gotten to you yet, but you don't go with everybody else. You don't stack. But then when I have them all stacked, it's like, I can put, like, all this stuff makes a meal. Or, like, this is all my smoothie stuff. Or this is, like, what I like in my oatmeal or whatever. And I actually took out almost, like, all my shelves. So it's, like, one big shelf that could fit, like... (laughs) Oh, my God. Because they stack so well. So it's just easier to see everything, too. Like, I would end up cleaning out my fridge, like, once a month. And then you just find, like, moldy stuff or gross stuff or things mm. spill. And it's just gross. And I don't okay, know. Okay, but have you ever, like, do you ever pick up a huge stack like you're the mouse from Cinderella? And then they all just fly out. <laughs> like, has that happened? <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> I've definitely like been like you're trying too much. Like you're you shouldn't be able to get away with how high this stack is. Like one day it's gonna not work out for you. It's gonna be bad. Yeah. You know, I I'm not like that level of organized, but I did recently get like very messy Chinese food and I put it in Tupperware instead of just throwing it in the fridge like that and I was like, Oh my god, now this is living. This is this is what you're supposed to do. <laughs> it did feel great. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for relating. Right. And you, okay, so this is perfect, actually, to jump into, like, our next thing. 
you have done a bunch of different jobs. You have just like been all over the friggin' place with trying different things. And one of the things you did was like, you were like an organizer, a personal organizer for Whoa. people or something. Yeah, I always thought that's something I would be good at. Like, my parents took pictures. I don't know if you ever saw the pictures, but there's pictures of me in my room, like, after cleaning it and organizing it and just standing there. My mom got me, like, a custom apron when I was a kid, and I would just be like, Oh, my God. Please, come see my museum or whatever. Or, like, I'd take all my... Oh, my God. Like, stuffed animals, and I would... I, you remember our stairs at the house? I would line them up on the stairs and sit there and be like, I did it! Oh like, my that's... Gosh. My brain just, like, works that way. So I always thought, oh, I, why don't I try this? I should do it. And then I read about the Marie Kondo method, and I loved it. And so I actually trained at one of her, like, when she first started teaching it um, in San Francisco. I went to, like, a weekend class. And then I tried to actually make a job of it. And it was just, oh, it did wow. not work out. It did not work out. No? <laughs> no, no, no. Because she has a very specific system. So this poor woman, I met this woman at, like, a New Year's Eve party I didn't know her she's like I've been wanting to organize and I'm like guess what I do organizing let's let's do it and so I come to her house and I we don't even know each other and and the Marie Kondo method is very specific it's not like let's make this drawer look nicer or more functional or like let's make your bathroom more functional it's like let's revisit your whole life okay and we're gonna start <laughs> here and we're going to get all the way here and you're going to go through the whole thing and you're going to do it this way. And so it's a little too rigid. It didn't really work out for me. But anyway, so I go to this lady's mm -hmm. house and one of the first things you do, I think, is clothing. And you have, you're supposed to take everything out of the closet and put it on your bed so you see it. And so you like wow. have an idea of how much you have. And it, it can give people like a panic attack. Like it's, I mean, you know, you, you work yeah. with people and with their psychology and with, you know, in social work and counseling and everything. So it's like, I think it can be intense for people and I have not studied all those things and don't know all that stuff. And um, so anyway, I just got really gung-ho and I get to her house and she has like three closets and two dressers full of clothes. And I just wow. went full like, we can do this. I have no concept of time. And I swear I traumatized <laughs> this poor woman. I like got sheets out. We like covered her living room with sheets and threw like everything in there and I could she like started getting kind of like like scared and shaky and I was just like I'm in too deep I don't know what to do I'm gonna just try to be overly confident and like we're gonna do this and then we ended up like I think organizing her socks and like her shirts or, like we couldn't even like do all and then midway through she's like I also have another closet full of jackets and I was like okay okay <laughs> So was she the richest woman in the world or just like the biggest hoarder? Like what was happening? She, I don't think she was rich, um, but she definitely didn't ever purge her closet. And I mean, who has that many closets though? How did she get six closets or whatever? I don't know. You know, that's the thing is I didn't really, I think a part of the process that's important is doing some kind of an intake where you mm -hmm. learn more about their current situation because the other thing she had, they have you start with clothing because it's supposed to be not really super sentimental. But for some people, oh. I think it can have a lot of, not sentimental maybe, but like psychological connections to your clothes or like, yeah. I mean, having that many closets, I think is first off like a red flag. If I knew what I was doing, I probably mm -hmm. would have 
like done a practice project or like let's go through this one dresser and I'll like baseline see where you're at and then I probably be like I don't know if you're a good candidate for this and like nicely tell her that yeah (laughs) um but I just was like we're doing this so yeah I don't know and she never called me again I mean we were at it for like six hours it was supposed to be like two or three hours with like a consultation and then working and then I tried to leave her in some kind of a like, okay, this is back here, this is back here, here's some piles, you're gonna donate this, and kind of give her some tasks. But I think for a lot of people, it's like, I mean, for me, I don't I don't donate stuff for like, maybe it's three months later. So then all of a sudden you yeah. have like, this extra stress, you were trying to organize your house so that you felt less stress, and then the situation was stressful for her. And then it created more stress by creating more piles. So everything that was in her closet was now like confronting her. So I just feel terrible. Yeah. It was it was just, I took on way too much. I didn't know what I was doing. And it just made me realize that it was a bigger undertaking. You know, it was that. And yeah. then there was another experience I had that was also negative. So it was one of those things where you try stuff and you're just kind of like, the universe is maybe like, maybe try a different direction. I don't know if this is for you. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's an interesting way to see it. Because I was going to say, like, yeah. I do think, like, with learning more or thinking about it like there's a way for you to do that but if you are you know looking at the bigger picture of it and going why were these experiences so disastrous maybe it was like you don't need to pursue this like the wrong direction stephanie go somewhere else or it's like i think i realized too maybe i'm not as interested in it as i thought Mm -hmm. maybe it doesn't matter to me as much as i thought it did because i was easily deterred maybe i don't know i think true being good at something or or being successful like I was reading the other day that you're more likely to pursue something and feel successful at it if you're given a lot of like encouragement at the beginning you know not necessarily like blowing you know steam up your butt or whatever people say but like you know when I started videography Kyle was like no you're really good no you have a good eye no this is I like how you do this and it was just those little things of like not him saying like you should do this or you could do this or telling me things it was just more like encouraging me to do it so because I had more positive experiences with it I think it felt more approachable and then like these negative experiences were just like really turned me off plus I was just not ready to start a business so I tried organizing and I tried what else did I try there was something else but starting a business is very intimidating and you're The thing I learned from doing organizing is that if you tell somebody, hey, I do this thing for money, then people will say, okay, here's my money. Yeah. And then you have to do the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Like people trust you. Like people want to partake. They want to support you. They want to purchase what you have. And if you don't actually have the product or the thing dialed in, it's like, like, I don't know. You can really fake it till you make it. And I did that with videography. I feel like I just like tried it and and was good and people really liked what I did and so I've kept doing it but yeah that was just a funny experience for me it's like oh people will actually take me seriously okay I gotta I rethink this (laughs) yeah that's really cool though in a way because it does like allow you to change directions however you want like Because, I don't know, I have to notice that with how I perceive other people. Like, when someone tells me they do something, it's like, yeah, I assume it's legitimate. I assume they know what they're talking about. You know, but when you imagine telling someone that about yourself, you think they're like, oh, bull fucking shit or whatever. 
<laughs> it's like, no, they probably think what you think when somebody says that to you. You don't need to be weird about it. But Imposter it's, it's syndrome cool. and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. I used to think, like, I didn't have that at all. And I'm like, it's very hard to know when it's imposter syndrome versus like just knowing you're not that good at a thing and then like I don't know how good I'm supposed to be at different aspects like of my job like working with kids I mostly work with kids and I just feel like am I even helping them is this normal like <laughs> like is it because they're little that they can't express their feelings at all like is I don't I don't know is it my fault or is it just is that what everybody feels like? I have no idea. No yeah. idea. Just that no sounds concept. really tough. I just like daydream of having like an old wise person in my village who knows all, and they're just like, <laughs> you go to them and say, "This is the thing," and they're like, "Well, then this is the way," and you're like, "Okay, now I know." Totally. And of course, you're right, and that would just be feel so grounding, you know. But yeah, that sounds hard when you're in that situation and you have these kids and you want to help them so badly and you don't know if you're helping them, like, yeah, yeah you kind of have no to, like, idea. find your own sense of success in that. And you don't even know. Like, the kid doesn't even know. They could 10 years no. from now be like, you know, this one time this lady said this thing, and it really changed my life. And you may never know that you made yeah, that impact. no idea. That's so true. And you, you just don't even know when or if they're listening. This is, like, the funniest thing when I work with really little kids we're all like you know be giving them some information about feelings or whatever and then they'll just go like I have a guinea pig and I'm like okay yeah let's work with that now tell me you know tell me more about the guinea pig no literally every kid though if I'm like do you ever feel sad or something they're like yeah I'm like okay tell me about that well when I'm playing my game I'm like Sarah, not in a game Getting kids to recognize any emotion that doesn't occur during video games, impossible. They don't really, see it. Really? Really? It's, it's crazy. Wow. It's crazy. So interesting. Seriously, unless they're autistic. Some of the autistic kids, they are on it. But the really? other kids, no. Yeah. So the autistic kids are more connected to, like, communicating about emotions? The ones that I have. Yes. I know there's a spectrum, obviously. I know obviously. that that's, yeah. yeah, and I feel like that's supposed to be part of it, that they don't understand their emotions, but the ones that I have are much better than the wow. other kids. And I think it's just because they're more talkative they have and to. they're more open. Yeah, oh, and maybe they've and gotten Less therapy earlier on. and Yeah, true. Oh. Yeah, so I think there's maybe a combination of things, I guess, that help. But um, I, I think, love like, that. autistic people are kind of like the next evolution of humans I think oh yeah they're better than us like they're not <laughs> they're emotional but in the best way I feel like in a yeah. way that's functional whereas we get so hung up on stuff like and what you were talking about with communicating reminded me of a story I heard about an autistic kid who was nonverbal, and they finally realized that because the kid was so obsessed with Disney movies that they could use that as language. So the kid would, you could, the kid would go to, they have all these VHSs and they would go to that particular point in a Disney movie and he'd go, this is what I'm talking about. And they'd be like, oh, you're angry. Or like, oh, you're sad. No. Or, oh, whatever you need. Yeah, they found like a communication tool. Like they built a language. That's for so him. cool. Right? Yes, and I love how like, I mean, it seems like it's different for every person. But mm -hmm. you do just have to, like, find that thing. And it might be, like, painting or music or, like, 
you know, working with animals, like, um, mm. where there Maybe are kids, kids don't have they... enough, like, experiences. Yeah, I mean, I think... I don't know. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think you just, like, have mm. to find that right experience for them that makes mm. things click or something. I really don't know. I feel like we don't know much about what's going on with autism and the and the brain in general and yeah you know um we have like some ideas about things but um it'll be cool to learn more eventually about what is happening with the brain do you ever just think about how weird that is that we're humans we're not new here but we have no idea what we're doing or why we're here or if we're doing it right yeah. Like, that's been hitting me lately. I don't know if it's really? turning 35 or what, but I'm oh, just kind God. of like, what is this? Like, I watched the movie Soul. Didn't you just oh, post yes. that you just saw mm-hmm. it? Yes. I was deeply affected by that movie. Me too. <laughs> it, it was, was amazing. so good. Yes. Yeah, it, um, like, after we watched it, me and Sean, like, we were watching, uh, like, Married at First Sight, and both of us, like, at different times, were like, okay, this is, like, in the movie Soul, when this <laughs> like, it's, like, seeing it everywhere. Yes, that was totally me for, like, two weeks. <laughs> but it's wait. good, though. You were watching Married at First Sight. Is there a new season out? Yeah. Oh, I'm my God. I'm very excited. Yeah. i like, like, how new? I, don't, I just, I, I'm not, I don't know what's happening. They're, know like, these towards the end now. It's maybe, like, episode 15 or something now. Season 12? That's, oh, yeah, there's so many friggin' seasons. Yeah, you, you might have missed some other ones. Oh, my God. Maybe I just don't know where to watch them. Like, on Lifetime or... Yeah, Maybe I watched Lifetime. it on Netflix. It was, like, it came... When it came to Netflix is when I watched it, I think. Yeah, and there's only, like, two seasons on Netflix or something. It's so weird. I don't know why they're so limited. Um, but, yeah, there's, like, a million seasons. They even have an Australia one now. That so is cool. interesting. Some people really? Like, dramatic. Way more dramatic Y'all? than the U.S.? Really? <laughs> yeah, they get some, like, weird personality types. Where sometimes when I watch shows that are, like, from other countries, I'm like, are you all like this? Or is this just who they cast? Please don't anyone, like, think that all Americans are, like, our reality (laughs) stars. Please don't. Depends on the reality show for me. You know, some of them might be accurate. I don't know. I'm not, like, a real housewife, but maybe, like, like a Big Brother contestant. You know? (laughs) You do like Big Brother a lot, don't you? That's, like, your top dog. so much. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be on soon, because on in the summer. I'm so happy. <laughs> okay, so what season is that on? Like 22 or something. Like, it's, it's been really... on since, like, Survivor's been on, I feel like. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah I didn't get into cool. that one. Married at First Sight I really liked, and it's good to know there's more seasons because I'm totally falling out of love with The Bachelor. I don't, I just, yeah. I can't. They need to, no. like, rebrand. They need new management. There's yes. potential there. But they're just, they, there's so many things going wrong. Yes. I feel like The Bachelor is almost always, like, painfully boring, where it's like, this is very hard to watch. 
and I don't feel like a real connection almost ever between anybody on the show because they keep the conversation so shallow mm. or they only show us very particular parts like the people saying I really care about my family and then the bachelor's like oh my god I care about my family and they're like oh my god are we in love and you're like dude this is <laughs> oh my god so I yeah I can't with the bachelor I even like I've watched most seasons but I don't know that I enjoyed any of them <laughs> okay what about bachelor in paradise oh bachelor in paradise is great or what about Bachelorette? It's great. Uh, Are those in different no, categories? Bachelorette is just as bad. Just as bad. Okay. But I mean, I'm slightly more interested just because of the women. The women tend to be better than the guys, but... Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And then Bachelor Pad, did you watch that? That was No, but is, what is that, like, Paradise? Big Brother for Bachelor? Like, Big Brother meets Bachelor? Yeah, I think it was because there was, like, a um, prize element that I don't think they have in Bachelor in Paradise. Um, so that was that was really good. You got to see a different side of the people. That's what I like about Bachelor in Paradise. You actually get to see what these people are like. So sometimes yeah. you go, oh my mm -hmm. God, why? You shouldn't have put them on the show. Or that's why the Bachelor or Bachelorette didn't like them because they're totally psycho, but you never showed us the real like person they are. Or like um, Jillian... And Ed, you know, Jillian went with Ed years ago, whatever Bachelorette season that was. And then when he was on Bachelor Pad, he was so drunk the entire series that I was like, oh, she, I mean, first of all, she has problems for choosing him, but also they were never going to work out. This guy's got serious problems. No. So terrible. Well, now she's like, I think she has another, like, an HGTV type show in Canada because she's an interior designer. Mm. She has, like, two adorable kids, an amazing husband, this beautiful house. Like, Ed was a detour. He was, like, a... Yeah. Like, you want it to work out on The Bachelor, and so you really give it your all, especially because they put you in all these situations where, like, you know, the way our brains work, you're going to fall in love with people. Yeah. Because it's like you they put you in these intense conversations. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, he was terrible. But, yeah, yeah, she was not picking a good one for sure. No, and I feel like so many of them have, and I can't remember who it was who picked a guy who ended up being, like, super conservative in an alarming way and writing about um, how liberals are fat chicks or something on his Instagram, and she's like, I had no idea, and she was, like, super liberal but gonna like try to make it work with him and it's like how do you not see who a person is when you talk to them uh, it's just like confusing yeah. but I guess maybe mm -hmm. the show keeps it that way they have them only talk every so often and maybe keep it to set topics I don't know well they don't even know each other a month before they propose and out of that month how many oh, actual wow. hours have they spent together yeah like, like maybe five, it's six weeks maybe? or something right because it's like you see them for like 15 minutes on a group date one-on-one -on -one, and then on a one-on-one -on -one date you get like maybe five hours and you yeah. get hopefully at least one-on-one -on -one date before you propose <laughs> yeah and the whole time they're also like kissing other people and you know it's I feel not, like I should hate the show you. I don't know why I ever liked it like on paper I'm like <laughs> this is horrific 
But then I, like, I totally do feel like they're falling in love. Like, I, I am so kind of, like, gullible, you know? Like, they put it on the show. They're trying to make you think a certain thing, and I think the thing. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just, you like, see, and right I, there I with sometimes it. buy into it, but... Yeah. I really have a problem with them continuing to pursue the other people, making out with the other people, sometimes telling mm-hmm. multiple people they love them or at least, like, implying it. And I, you know, letting other people say I love you and they're like, great, let's just keep going. I just think it's very sleazy that it's like, if you really love someone, why are you still, like, making out with this person so hard? Like, I remember Jake, the pilot, who... Ended up picking Vienna, who was a little nutty, but he was nuttier. But all the while, he was making out so fucking hard with Gia, um, who, R.I.P. But, like, really, really, like, the most intense, like, disgusting makeouts that The Bachelor's ever had, certainly. (laughs) I'm like, wait, and then you're not picking her. Like, wait, wait, no. what did you say? Gia R.I.P.? Yeah. Do you remember Gia? No. Oh, okay. Well, she was also on Bachelor Pad, but um, yeah, she committed suicide like a couple oh, years ago. I don't know. But no. she was great. And I, you didn't get to know her that well on The Bachelor, but on Bachelor Pad, she was mm-hmm. great. She was super nice and funny. So, yeah. That was, I yeah, think I started said. watching after his season. Because I think I know kind of who you're talking about based on seeing, like, flashback stuff they've done. But, yeah, I don't think I actually... Oh, wow. So you missed it. That was actually one of the good ones. (laughs) It was was entertaining. Yeah, because he would just, like, randomly kick people off. He'd be like, you know what? I know I'm not going to like this person. Can I just kick off an extra person? Like, he really very clearly liked Vienna better than everybody else. Like, the whole Mm -hmm. show, pretty much. Which, so it made me think that was, like, kind of interesting for someone to just actually have an opinion and show it. Like, did you watch Emily's season? Um, Emily, whose husband died in a car, no, plane crash? He was a race car driver, but he died in a plane crash. I think the first season I watched might have been Jillian's. Okay, I can't even tell you the freaking order of these people at all. Or the guy, the guy from Seattle who chose the wrong girl and then had to go back and tell the other girl. I think that was the first time that happened, but now that's oh, happened like three God. times. Yeah, they must have just loved that he did that, and now they're like, you're going to say it's her, but it's not going to be Now her. it's a storyline. You know, the show orchestrates this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so much of it is orchestrated. That's one of the things that makes it harder to watch the show for me. I don't think it's all fake, but I know some of it is, and I just don't enjoy fake elements of shows. It's like, we don't need that added. Because we know it's not all fake because some of them are married and they have kids. That's no, what are they going to, they're doing right. that for some money now. That'd be insane. What are they, uh, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, I assume. I assume that's not love. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, they getting get games. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> finally. I think they had a contract, like honestly, to be married for five years or something and then we're done because I don't, wow. I can't imagine that this, I don't know. I heard that they, like, used to talk, like, they used to talk, like, all hours of the night. Like, all through the night. They, like, super fell in love. I mean, like, they have kids and stuff. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Stephanie. No? 
Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> See, I, I told you. Don't. I want to believe I know. That's, I was like, this is the naivete. <laughs> that's what the Kardashians want you to feel. They tell you what, you know what I mean? Um... But I did see a brief segment of Kim Kardashian's interview with David Letterman. I loved that, um, yeah. And I thought, yeah, I was like, oh, this is interesting. And mm-hmm. I don't think she's totally unlikable. I just know that they have very much orchestrated their fame. Like, from the first thing, the sex tape thing was, like, definitely right. a planned release. And then I'd heard that they would call paparazzis, like, to have them take pictures of them. And I think they would pay for it um, so that people would go, oh, my God, look at these people hiding from paparazzis. They must be important. And that, like, built up them being celebrities. Because, I mean, they really were Their origin story is crazy. Anybody. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, who cares about what their dad was like, a lawyer, and they were kind of like friends with OJ or something. Like, who cares? So, um, and you know, Chris, uh, Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner, who cares? Our future <laughs> governor. <like> anybody. <laughs> God. Well, and then TikTok was saying apparently Chloe's dad is OJ Simpson. That's, yeah, that's the rumor. It's like, wow, she looks so much like OJ. It's like, can we stop being so mean to Chloe? I mean, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that the mother was that. Wasn't she good friends with the wife he murdered? It seems like very insulting to say she was. Oh, God, these husband. people's lives. It's just hard yeah. to imagine they really lived them. Yeah. There's, yeah, there is a lot. Yeah. Every once in a while, you meet someone in real life whose life is that crazy, and then you go, why is this possible? Mm-hmm. It's possible, it's just not, doesn't happen very often. Um, so, uh, I think I'm going to have you play this game. I have two games. I'm going to start with the self-care games. We, you know, I've been talking about how you've got a lot of dreams you got a lot of goals it's hard to find time for yourself to do the things you need to do for you so I'm curious what self-care looks like to you so I've got a game to kind of narrow it down okay so this is self-care <laughs> would you rather <laughs> first of all I'm just honored that you make these games up like for any of the people that come on I just love it it's really cute oh, uh, oh thank you very much and of course of course I make would you rather take a bubble bath or a hot shower? A hot shower. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't too. like I baths. I can't with baths. No. I overheat. Yeah, instantly overheated, and then it's like, even if it's the perfect temperature, it's not fun after two seconds. You're like, Mm-mm. well, I'm done. <laughs> what, are, what are we doing in here? I a hot tried. shower, I never want to leave. You never want to leave. Yeah. It's like turns into I never a sauna. Want to leave a hot shower. It's it's so nice. Yeah, I'm just like burning my skin. I'm like bright red when I get out of the yeah. It's so nice. You're just like steaming. <laughs> you walk into your room and you're just like you're like the forest floor. And it's the worst though because then I'm like sweating for like an hour after the shower because I'm like way <laughs> too hot. <laughs> See, I've actually started doing cold showers. Oh, because I mean, it's supposed to be good for you for a lot of reasons and you hate it. It's like terrible, 
but when you said the hot shower thing, I was like, I, I automatically was like, I'd rather do a cold shower because a hot shower feels good in it. A cold shower feels good when you finish and then when you go live your mm. life. Because after I do a hot shower, I'm just like a blob. I don't want to like do anything. And you know what they do say? They say the heat opens up your pores, but you need the cold to close them back up. <laughs> I swear that's like from a Cosmo magazine. I'm like, how many things did I read in like those Cosmo magazines that are just like yes. ingrained? That is one of them. That every, <laughs> I know. Who even knows? Like your Who hair knows too. these things are true? I know. What? What your hair? I think it's the same like with your pores that you should wash your hair with oh, cold yes. water. It is. Well, Okay, I tried washing my hair with cold it, water, yeah. and I could not because, first of all, it doesn't lather. The soap doesn't work in cold mm. water. Like, the oh. the grease in your hair needs to, like, be warm. So, I don't know. Interesting. When it's cold. It, yeah, so I would get out, and I was like, I just spent all this time washing my hair, and it doesn't feel clean, and I, like, hated it. But the, you're right, like you said, rinsing it at the end. Yes, I remember I was trying to do this like apple cider vinegar treatment and it's like it should be cold and I poured it on my hair and it was like the worst. It was so cold. I was like, I don't like this one bit and my hair looked like okay. I was like, whatever. <laughs> it's gonna be hot. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no yeah. poo. I tried no poo. Oh god, no. It, it did not it, was it so doesn't bad. work. I hate when they're like, you're supposed to go like at least five days without washing your hair. I'm like, are you insane? Do you know how bad my hair looks day two? Like, honestly, yeah. day two. <laughs> like, so no, no, I can't. Maybe some people can. My hair won't allow it. I don't care how your much hair looks I really play. nice, by the way. Oh, I like uh, the thanks. color. It looks fluffy. It looks soft. Oh, nice. Thank you. You know, I washed it last night. So that's it's like, good. That's good. It's still 24 guys. hour. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Would you rather curl up with a book or with a TV show? Oh, goodness. Well, I'd have to say that I've probably watched way more TV than I've read a book. So a book sounds nice, and when I'm reading a book that I like, I'm always like, why don't I do this more often? I really like it. But I definitely binge watch TV, and I use it when, I, when I'm like, I can't with life. I use it to avoid stuff. I'll just, you know, just a whole season. You're like, okay, I needed that. Now I can apply all the, the, the teachings and the learnings that the main character had, and I can fix my life now. <laughs> totally. And you know what? There is legitimate learning from TV. And people yeah. used to think that books were BS too, you know, that they right? were dads. They were like, well, you know's in a book. And so who cares? You're you're reading about some frigging ghosts and goblins or whatever, and yeah. that's somehow better because you have to read it versus watching it. No, that's stupid. No. Yeah. I I reject the notion that books are smarter or whatever. No, they're not. Okay, get out of here. When I do read a good book, I I instantly am like, oh my God, I should read all the time. I think I'm going to look up more books to read. Let me order books. And then I'm just like, it turns yes. into shopping and I'm no longer reading. Yes. I'm too That's distracted so by kind of liking the Making book. a list and then the list gets too long and you're like, I need to go watch a TV show. <laughs> I don't know which one to start with. I can't do any of it. Forget it. No, yeah, that's what I do. Just bury it under other things. Like what list? Months later. Okay, I was supposed to do that. Um, 
Yeah, I uh, I have a really hard time with books, and I realize this. Sometimes I'll get into the habit of reading, mm-hmm. and then suddenly every book is boring, and I oh. remember why I don't read that much, and it's because I don't like most things. You know, it's like, and then <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Go read some pages of a book to find what I like? That's so inconvenient. Where am I doing this? Not worth it. Not worth it. Would you rather go out with a friend or take a nap? Nap. Nap. Yeah. 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 I need recharge time. I, I love spending time with people, but I don't need a lot of it. Really. Are you an introvert? Yeah. And I define that as. I need more time to myself to recharge because I I have extroverted tendencies. I'm very chatty. Mm -hmm. I'll talk to strangers. I'll be friendly to strangers. I'll make friends. You know, like, I can be very outgoing. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to do that every day. Like, I think of, like, when I heard it defined to me as, like, if you've had a long day of work, do you want to go to the bar and be around a bunch of people or do you want to go home and be by yourself? And I'm like, oh, God, Mm -hmm. if I had a hard day, I do not want to be around people, all their energy. What are they bringing to the table? What do they need from me? It's loud. It's the vibrations of the building. Like, it's all, like, overstimuli. I need to just go cocoon and then (laughs) reemerge. Yeah. You know, I've heard, like, those introversion, extroversion described in different ways. And a lot of them, like, click with me, but, like, Mm -hmm. on both sides. But one I really like is, like, are you energized by interacting with people or are you energized by being alone? And I actually think I'm energized by interacting with people, but because I feel like I'm on meth whenever I talk to people. I seriously, I get, like, sweaty and I talk too much and it's, like, so exciting. It's my favorite thing and then I don't think about anything except that. Um, (laughs) But... (laughs) But I also, like, generally prefer to be alone. So I don't know if partially that's just, like, a weird, mm-hmm. like, anxiety that's developed over time. Because mm-hmm. um, I only recently even started being able to talk to people again. It happened, like, maybe a year ago. It was, like, my last week of graduate school or something. I started being able to talk to people. It was so weird. And was that, was like, like, right oh. when the pandemic was starting up? It was probably six months before or something before. like that. Yeah, oh, but wow. I really don't care. I'm a person. I love being home. This pandemic is a fucking dream to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, Zoom calls are fine. Um, who am I going to see in person? I honestly, like, don't know that many people in person anyway. Like, most of my mm-hmm. friends are internet friends. So mm-hmm. where am I going to go? Mm-hmm. There's nothing here. There's Target. That's mm-hmm. it. So, like, when you say talking to people, you mean, like, online or on the phone or, like, on Zoom? Or do you mean in person? Like, is there a difference between the different types? There is a difference. Talking to people online and stuff, uh, well, I don't get into meaningful conversations through text very often. So, I don't Mm -hmm. know if maybe that's what it is. Mm -hmm. But through Zoom or in person is, like, the same. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm very energized right now. (laughs) <laughs> you scare me you're like I'm on edge already <laughs> That's funny. 
Okay, would you rather listen to music and relax or listen to music and dance? Hmm. I don't think I listen to enough music. I think about that a lot, actually. Because every, mm -hmm. every now and then I listen to music and I'm like, God, this is so healing or this is so soothing or, oh, I love this song. I forgot how much I loved it. And then I think about other people who love music and what they would think of me if they heard me saying that. And they would just be like, how do you live? You know, like, <laughs> I just feel like I'm weird in that way. Or I could listen to the same yeah. song over and over and over, which bodes well for working in weddings because they play the same songs at like every wedding. <laughs> but I'm like, body and that's what Like I just, yes, I love it. It doesn't bother me, but God, dancing or what was it? Just relaxing? Or just relaxing to music, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've seen a lot of stuff recently about how good it can be to just dance to music in your house, like, as, like, a regula regulatory or regulation tool. Mm -hmm. And then, but I also really love just relaxing. Like, if I'm meditating, I want to be laying down. I don't, like, sit-up meditation. Oh, okay. But I don't fall asleep easily. So, like, I love listening to relaxing music laying down. But if I was, like listening to like upbeat music like when I'm cleaning my house I'll start dancing and singing so I don't know how to choose oh, okay. between those two I feel like they both both of them are good for have you a place yeah mm -hmm. okay good what about yeah you? that's funny that you say the laying down meditating thing because um I've done some of these like meditations recently and they always want you to sit in a crazy <laughs> position you know <laughs> And I never do. I just, like, sit with my legs straight out because it's just not comfortable at all to me. But I always feel like such a jerk. Like, like if they saw me, they would be judging me. Like, are you serious with your legs straight out? But I'm sorry. It's more comfortable. Um, but, no, I'm similar with music, actually. There was a time where I was like, everybody loves music. But then over time I was like no they don't because I don't love music I really don't care for most music music is very similar to books for me there is stuff that I've really loved but it's very hard for me to find something I like so I pretty much just give up on it I go to Spotify and I'll listen it gives me these suggestions I'm like don't like it 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 something I like on the radio I do not want on my person or whatever. I'm not going to choose to play it. I'm not going to put it on my phone. I can enjoy it if it just comes on. You know, mm. like I once like bought a Rihanna album because I liked the song when it came on the radio. And then I was like, ew, turn it off. Like I couldn't choose to put it on. How funny. So I pretty much only listened to things that I liked in high school. Mm -hmm. And some like dance music sometimes I can get into because I like... I used to do Zumba all the time, so a lot of those songs have, like, a sentimental attachment, mm -hmm. and a lot of dance songs, I see the value for that type of thing, mm -hmm. but otherwise, I hate pretty much everything, and even the songs I love, it's like, what, am I going to listen to this 80 times, and then I'm going to hate this, too? How, like, it's just not joy. Interesting. It doesn't bring me joy. See, I always... What? I said, that's interesting. I always thought of you as someone who was, like, obsessed with music, because I think when we were younger... You would, like, go to concerts. You had all the bands on the wall. And, like, that was, like, your persona was so much of it was that. Yeah, I mean, I and you would like bring music. 100. You would bring music to my house. <laughs> and you, yeah. I remember you bringing a Walkman, like a CD player. And we would, and I was like, oh, Val's so cool. She listens to music. <laughs> She's bringing, I'm listening on her thing. It's so cool. And you played, like, Fiona Apple. Yeah, still, and we were, like, the obsessed. only thing I like pretty much. is Fiona Apple. 
Yeah, like, well, honestly, she's listen to her new album. Oh, my God. I've heard it's, it's really amazing. good. Okay, okay. I gotta she's listen to She's, like, it. a genius. So it's, like, Fiona Apple, Elliot Smith, and then, like, some dance songs and, like, maybe some old, like, some punk stuff, and that's it. But I don't like anything else. It's kind of insane <laughs> how much music we have because I always think of, like, like tribal times they had like their tribal music they had their ancestral stories and songs and everything had a purpose and a reason and now it's like people can have their whole profession around it make up new songs all the time and they create their own meaning based on people that hear them and it's uh, it's like so different yeah and like how big dancing is in a lot of other cultures and here like Kind of like but it's mostly just like kind of some entertainment or whatever but totally. I think most people don't really mm-hmm. dance but it probably is like one of the purest forms of connection to yourself and the world and maybe to even like to other people um, I watched a really weird little uh, episode of a documentary recently that was about I want to say it was about tantric sex or something but um But this lady was talking about how, well, she did Zoom calls, I think because it was, like, just the beginnings of COVID, um, possibly, but where she would, like, teach people how to, like, connect to their body, like, without touching your body, it was just, like, thinking, and it sounds kind of like bullshit, but watching it, it didn't feel like bullshit, it felt like they were being sincere, but then she'd also have people come, um, to her little gorgeous area of land or whatever, and she did a couple different things that were interesting. So one was she'd basically do like a body therapy type of thing, like putting her hands over people and feeling this sounds where really they familiar. Have like emotional pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't remember I think what I've seen the this. show was called. Well, it reminds um, me of the Netflix special Goop did, like Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop. They had some interesting stuff like that on there. Yeah. I don't know if that was a part been... of it. It either was that or it was, like, shown to me at the same time as Yeah, that. that's how I feel. <laughs> I'm not positive. Yeah. Because I felt the same um, way where I was like, what? But also it feels very sincere. And so it's like, well, that's cool. Yes, because some of it you could just go, well, this person's ready for a breakthrough and that's why they're crying. But it felt like there was more to it. And mm. then when she had, she had, like, a whole group of people together in the same room doing this exercise thing where they were just dancing and making whatever noises came to them and stuff and um you know they had some experts talking as well like about it and saying well no there's legitimacy to like the group connection that you get when you're around other people it's like Mm -hmm. a real thing and so it was very interesting to think of it in that way that we do like have the ability to be naturally connected to other people but most of the time we just completely ignore that um but I thought about that when I went out during like the holiday season where I thought I think part of the reason I'm like so angry and anxious when I go out during the holidays isn't just because it's busy it's because everybody's feeling angry and anxious and you're like just getting this energy in the air but you sound like a wacko when you say stuff like that. But it's like, no, there's, like, I think there's legitimacy to a lot of those sorts of things. Totally. I don't know how much or where or whatever, but we need to be exploring them more and not just going, uh, dumb. No, I totally agree with that. I think it, it depends. I think because people write it off is because there are people who aren't tapped into that kind of stuff. 
But if you are a person with that sensitivity, it's overwhelming and you may not recognize that it's happening outside of you. And so then you just feel yeah. crazy and you internalize so it. So true. So then it's like, yes. is it even happening outside of, outside of me? Because you can't tell the difference. But I totally believe in all of that yeah. stuff. And I've tried to figure out, you know, how do I protect myself? And I've talked to like different, a therapist or something before. Oh, I lost the sound. Was that my computer? Sorry, I was no. just, no, I was, Did you mute? I clear my throat a lot and I just okay. muted. Oh, good. Okay. I just want to make sure I didn't do anything wrong. Um, and yeah, she talked about learning how to protect yourself. And there were two different things she said. One thing is having some kind of a cage you develop that's like you visualize whatever feels safe to you, whether you're in like a ball of white light or it's like a literal cage or it's a this or a that or whatever, something that's keeping your energy safe from other people's. And then another thing was like if you're talking directly to someone and it's kind of maybe a contentious conversation or like you don't feel like you're advocating for yourself, then like imagine yourself like holding your inner child within you and that's what you're attending to. So if you're feeling anxious or whatever, just give yourself space. Like maybe you're not ready to respond in the conversation or maybe you need to step outside for a second or like if, if you're ever feeling overtaxed, it's okay to pay attention to that and to tend to it, even if it means you need to protect yourself from whatever's like right in front of you. And so like I've learned stuff like that and I've thought of stuff like that, but it can be hard to remember to do it. So it's interesting you bring up like, you know shopping during the holidays because that's a heightened time when you're like I've got to get the things I've got to go the places like it feels like something you ha you can't avoid like it has to be done and so you're more likely to ignore maybe your own needs your internal needs in favor Very of doing true. the thing you're supposed to do or whatever so I believe maybe in all of that stuff so, for sure yeah that's awesome I'm I now when you put it that way I'm like yeah there are a lot of like obligations that I think tend to be more stressful when you're like I have to go to work or I have to go to this get together or I have to go to this birthday party or this wedding like those things can feel a lot more stressful because you know you can't really get out of it and um I don't know maybe I know not everybody feels that way, but... <laughs> I've totally, like, know. ghosted on baby showers. I've, like, oh, yeah. been anxious leading up to the day and then just, like, not gone or texted last minute. Baby showers give me anxiety. Bridal showers. It's, like, a bunch of people I don't know. And it's all for, like, as this purpose, but the purpose also feels like not... There's not enough focus on what we're doing. So it's kind of like mm -hmm. this, like, luncheon... And I don't know how I'm supposed to feel or what I'm supposed to think. And it's just all these random people. I don't know. I always, the energy always feels yeah. really weird to me at those things. And then I feel guilty because it's supposed totally. to be this, like, beautiful, wonderful thing. But, like, I hate it. It's <laughs> always weird. And the competitive element, I really hate the games. It yeah. always gets weird. There's always people that are too competitive about it. I know I'm going to lose. I'm so, I lose at everything. <laughs> it's just, like, a thing. I... I don't know, but that honestly, like, feels bad, even though it shouldn't be a big deal. It's like when you're playing 10 games and you lose every one of them, and it's like every time you go to a baby shower, it's the same thing. 
it's like it doesn't how can we not come up with more this. interesting things to do that are more fun for everybody like this is yeah, the thing people seriously. are like okay we're doing the lame baby shower games because it's a baby shower and we're americans and this is the extent of our cultural traditions That's like so can we not true. do better <laughs> that is so true and this actually leads in really well to the next thing i wanted to talk to you about in the next game which is weddings because you are a wedding photographer you're maybe just a photographer in general I don't know but it's mostly weddings right yeah so I have a lot of uh there's a lot of wedding cliches and actually this isn't even a game it's just like a list of wedding cliches so I I wasn't trying to turn it into a game but (laughs) I'm curious how often you see these things I love so one one of them is in people's vows when they call their partner my partner in crime. Oh, my partner wow. In crime. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. can't. I cannot with that. Uh, fun dance down the aisle. Like as they're leaving the... They've kissed, they're married, and then they're leaving? You know what? I don't know when it happens. It's maybe when the family is coming up and not the bride, like if the bridesmaids or whatever... Oh. Um, or when they're leaving. Either way. Just, we're having a great time. We got married, but it's, like, choreographed. It's embarrassing. <laughs> um, a pet has the ring. A what? Pet's got, the pet has the ring, or it's got, like, claws something like that. No? 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 Not your little kittens? It. You can't imagine your mom holding your no. favorite kitten in the front row? And then they Dude, just, they, they hand you the kitten and it goes, <laughs> It spits it out of its mouth? What? <laughs> Stephanie, you're going to make your cat choke for a ceremony? No, that's a good point. No, I was just imagining that being funny and cute. It would be way better if it was attached oh to God. the collar. Or a bow. Yeah. Okay, that's... fine. Fine. That's better. You're right. <laughs> um updos and too much makeup this is so this is basically my problem Mm -hmm. with bridal styling why Mm -hmm. do we want to look like a different Mm -hmm. person we want to look different than we've ever looked in our lives Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like i there were two girls i followed on instagram who had like the prettiest long hair i've ever seen like two women with hair that i was like holy crap who has hair that's that perfect they both had updos at their weddings what is wrong with you? I just don't get that. I think it har- it rarely ever looks good, and I don't really get why that's the, the go-to. I don't get it. I know. It's like kind of like the homecoming hairdo. I think it's yes. like part of it is it, maybe it's easier to put a veil in. Another part of it is it's out of your way, and it's going to stay, and it's going to look that nice all day because your hair yeah, if you down. True. Sometimes people do it down for part of the day, and then they'll do a, like, a kind of modified half up or, or full up should, little kind yeah. of transition. Like That's a good idea. The thing that's, that I've seen that's amazing is when people have a makeup artist that stays longer. I mean, oh, that's got to be wow. expensive, but they give you touch-ups and they fix your hair. Like, I've done engagement shoots that are called pre-wedding shoots in, like, the Asian community, and they'll go for six hours, all these locations... And they'll have the makeup artist with them the whole time to do touch-ups, make sure their hair looks nice for the photos. Wow. And then also, every time they change outfits, they change their hair and makeup a little bit. 
So that's a whole other thing, which is just like incredible and really interesting. But then at a wedding, it's like after your first look, maybe you cry, you need a touch up or like you're running out of makeup, like lipstick after you ate, you need a touch up of lipstick before the first dance or whatever it is. Like you're literally having photo and video taken of you all day if that's how you choose to document your wedding. You know, you're spending all this money and then it's like, I mean, I just know it would disintegrate off my face. My hair falls flat really easily. So I'm kind of like, it sounds so ridiculous, but just to have an on-site makeup and hair person the whole day, I feel like would be so cool. Like if you're going to do it, if you're going to look like a different person, yeah, have the person on hand, I guess. But if you don't look like garbage in the photos by the end of the night, like, did you even have fun? What are we even doing? You're right. You're so right. And I always think about in person. For me, it's like, yeah, maybe in pictures you look okay, but everybody who's seeing you in person is seeing this caked-on makeup that's only getting worse as you go throughout the day. They just keep adding more to your sweaty face. <laughs> you know, you've got your fake eyelashes. Those are going to be coming off no matter what they do. You know, it's just, you're, I don't know. It is a lot. It is a lot. I mean, it goes back to, I think, the tradition of just presenting a bride. Right. You know, some of this stuff just goes back to these really weird traditions. But also it's like, also just playing dress up and having fun. I think it's the one day you can kind of mm-hmm. get away with being really, really extra about your appearance. And for some people, that's really yeah. fun. I think that would be more fun to me if that were like maybe the bridal shower or something where you really went crazy because then all your girlfriends could do it and it could be like really fun but when it's like this sincere moment like and everybody's watching it it just feels like I don't know I don't Mm. really well it's such an important intimate moment and then it's like you're kind of showing up as this alternate version of yourself in a way yeah totally so, but I guess as long as you're not getting married at first sight, like doing <laughs> that sort of thing, like they, they know what you look like, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Shoving cake in the face. Uh-huh. No, I don't care for that. I know I would be mad. I can't, I yeah. wouldn't be able to avoid it. Uh, honeymoon immediately after the wedding. Does, do people still do that? I think sometimes, but a lot of people have started doing, like, a day after brunch. Because I think Mm -hmm. in our day and age, we don't spend a lot of time around the people in our life that are going to be at our wedding. So if they're spending all this time to come visit you, you have, like, maybe a welcome party at the rehearsal dinner. You have the wedding, and then you have a brunch. And then maybe you have a day or two to decompress. I really – anyone who doesn't do that, I feel worried for. Because I know I've known people who've gone straight to their honeymoon, and you end up getting sick or you're exhausted, you spend the whole week on yeah. the beach just recuperating, which is, if that's what you need, that's totally fine, and I think that's great. But planning a wedding, it seems, from the outside, I have not planned a wedding, I've not been married, I've been to so many weddings, but I've not been the person planning it. It's so exhausting, you know? And there's this culmination. Yeah. It's like anything in life, you, you know, you go to school and you graduate, or, like, you do anything meaningful or impactful, it's long-term planning, after it happens there's like this moment where your body just kind of like it changes it's like oh we're not doing that anymore there's a kind of a come down Mm -hmm. I think yeah and like I know it's so stressful when people get really into it there was another girl that I followed online who when she was preparing to get married she also was doing like a fitness competition thing which she'd done before and it went great 
But this time, with having the wedding involved, she, like, didn't lose any weight the whole time, even though she was doing everything perfectly. But she was just so stressed from the wedding that it was, like, like, it makes you realize how much that plays into, like, you would think, well, no, she's exercising twice a day and eating perfectly. But it's, Mm -hmm. like, no, it doesn't matter. It's not that simple. There's so much going on. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I don't think we need to be that stressed for something that's just supposed to be like a nice celebration of whatever and I don't know people spend too much on weddings too I can't I just can't I don't there's like the wedding industrial complex is like a thing and being in the wedding industry as a wedding vendor like videography became I think more popular in the last 10 years so that's just one more you know few thousand dollars Mm -hmm. like people spend anywhere from 500 to 10,000 dollars on their videographer and that's just one part of your wedding that's just one part of all the other things you're planning and coordinating and the expense of it all. And it's so funny, the whole idea of it. And I don't even know if I'm ever going to get married or have a wedding. Yet my livelihood is dependent on filming people's weddings, like, yeah. at this point. Which is so funny to me that the thing that I do is not something that I've experienced the other side of. Yeah. Or something I How don't often? think that I will do. But it's like... But it can be really fun. I mean, it's so cool that people want to document their love and that I get to be a part of telling their love story. And you're there on, like, if you if you pick, if you you know your ideal client and you pick the kind of person you're going to want to be there for their wedding day, it's their best day of their life. Like, it's one of the best days. They're in the best mood. Everyone's excited. Everyone's dressed up. You've designed this custom experience for you and your friends and family, and you get to see it come to fruition. Like, it's just this, like amazing day that I've also heard a lot of brides like black out and don't even remember most of it because you're just in (laughs) shock you're literally in shock the whole day so then I'm giving them a film where they get to actually relive that day moments they didn't even get to see moments they experienced seeing from a different side and so when I think of it that way it I find meaning in it but I totally agree with you that as a whole the wedding industrial complex it can seem very like superficial and just insane for sure yeah yeah but if you're going through with the the video and the photos is like the most important part because that's what I say gone in a day (laughs) I know that like I'm selling it to people but it's like this is like an insurance policy on your memories if you're gonna spend thirty thousand dollars to plan a whole day that you can only live in those not even 12 hours your wedding's probably six hours and the, the part that your guests are there for is probably only four hours. And it's just like, yeah. if you're going to spend all that money on that one day, don't you want to be able to, like, get a return on your investment and relive it as many times as possible? Yes. And like you said, there yeah. are moments that you never could have seen. You can't be everywhere during your wedding, so you're maybe mm-hmm. missing different people dancing or like funny moments that happened like before with the groomsmen or whatever. Totally. And, yeah, that would just be amazing. And you're seeing how beautiful you looked. Like, not to be weird about that, but seriously, you yeah. don't get to see yourself up there, and you don't get to, like, watch. Like, you're seeing the person you're marrying, but you're not, like, mm-hmm. you know, seeing it from afar, which I just think would give you a whole different perspective on it. So, yeah, yeah. what you do is really important. I like to call it time capsules of your favorite moments. Digital time capsules of your favorite moments. So, like... You're getting married and you're 25. 
and then on your one year anniversary you're going to watch it you're 26 but then your 10 year anniversary you're going to be 35 and then 20 years yes. later you know you're opening this time capsule and you get to be that person again and you get to see that version of yourself and you also realize like wow how much I've changed how much time has passed or like someone who's yeah. passed away in your life or that you don't see as much anymore you get to see them laugh you get to see them dance you get to see them celebrating your love it's just like I think such a cool thing for couples to watch like every anniversary yeah you know definitely just you get to like show your kids yes your kids like I mean it's just it's gonna be amazing your grandkids your great-grandkids are probably gonna want to watch it I mean it's just for sure it's cool and then even I mean if you get divorced you can watch it and cry, which is like its own joy. So cathartic. Right? Oh my gosh. So I got into wedding videography because Kyle, my ex-boyfriend, and he's actually filmed people's weddings and never heard from them. They never made their final payment and he never delivered the video. Because some people get divorced within like three to six months or a year after their wedding and then they don't want it anymore. Yeah. It's, it's oh crazy. my god. My my husband's brother got divorced after like six weeks and I was like, Why don't we spend all this time and money going your damn way? <laughs> was it like in a very involved wedding? Uh, no, but more involved than I would like. I don't like any sort of it's like we have to, he has to go up there and he has to get shoes and we're in a tub and it was just <laughs> take know. pictures where this was the thing that I really didn't like. When they took pictures before the ceremony, one of them, all the groomsmen were, like, taking shots. Mm. And my husband's, like, a recovering alcoholic, so he was like, he was like, no, I'm not going to take a shot. And they had him take a shot of water to pretend. That made me, like, furious. And then, like, right before the wedding, they did one of those, like, photo shoot things where they essentially have the groomsmen and the bridesmaids act like they're together or something which is like one of the most bizarre that's like pretend you know each other and like hold hands it's like what the wait hold hands (laughs) it was some sort of overly familiar it's just weird and so I was like I was having a real high anxiety day and and then I went to the ceremony and I was like so anxious it was like one of the worst was he standing up there too like they walk up there and then they have to stand up there which is so stupid and then you're sitting sitting there as a guest yes like can i just sit with my husband please like why don't i watch him stand there for 20 minutes it was so weird it was so weird and then there was like nowhere for me to sit so someone's like oh come over here and then i went over there and someone's like hey we're over here no no i just went outside it was crying and i was like oh totally totally (laughs) and it's a wedding (laughs) you're like isn't this supposed to be like why is this why do i hate this (laughs) oh my god it's awful yeah i'll be in the car sean come as soon as no, you can seriously yeah. oh my god that sounds terrible when do i get to leave without your family thinking i'm terrible oh <laughs> other people's expectations yeah living other people's dream like going to someone's wedding and when they need it to be a certain way and you have to you have to almost play a part you're like i'm sorry i didn't get the script ahead of time I didn't audition for this role. Can I just be a person in a moment? That's something I love that Alice, my sister Allison will say. Can I just be a person in oh a my. moment? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's yes, when much. you get the uh, the instruction manual for the wedding and they say, you need to dress like this and do this, whatever, I'm like, 
Mm-hmm. You need to calm down. Mm-hmm. You really need to chill out. <laughs> Unless you're, like, best friends with everyone you're inviting, I think it's really a lot to expect people to not only, like, take a day off work if they have to, but then also mm-hmm. wear something nice or buy something nice if they don't have it, and then if they have to buy something specific. And then there's this whole thing of, like, do you get someone a gift or, like, do you have to give them money? And it's like, so you just spent yes. tens of thousands of dollars to celebrate your love, but I can't bring a plus one so I have to be alone at your wedding, but then I have to get you at least a $50 present, otherwise I'm cheap. Or, like, there's just all these yes. things that... And often there crazy. is, like, the wedding and... I mean, the wedding gift and the money gifts. Like you were saying, there's, like, all these opportunities to give them an additional mm-hmm. gift. And it's just, yeah, it's all very bizarre. And it's like, y'all the ones who decide to be irresponsible, spend this much money on a wedding. <laughs> you take that money... Go buy your crock pot, your damn self. <laughs> okay? Leave me out of it. Have you seen the show on Netflix, Marriage or Mortgage? No. It's like basically... I, I think I saw the preview. Like, love it or list it, <laughs> but it's like, are you going to spend your $30,000 on a down payment for a house? We'll show you three houses. There's a real estate agent and there's an there's a wedding planner. And so the wedding planner oh takes God. you on a day of like, we're going to make your... Um, wedding dreams come true and then the the mortgage person's like we're gonna make your dream home come true and then they pick which one they want and i swear like you said reality shows they have it scripted everything's kind of planned out i mean i still don't know which one they're gonna pick at the end but they really made a compelling reason for both options like in some cases it really is Mm -hmm. time to like settle down and have a home and in other cases celebrating your love honoring loved ones creating a special moment maybe you're blending families with young kids and you can include them in the vows or something and I was just like of course you'd buy a house why would you ever spend it on a wedding and they really showed how there's like value to both options so I thought I don't know yeah this conversation made me think of that it's an interesting show yeah, and I think, I mean, if you have a lot of money, I think it's less weird. But mm-hmm. I also think the amount people spend tends to go up, up, up based on how much money they have. When I don't think it needs to. It's like you can still keep it in like thirty to 50000 That's plenty for anybody. <laughs> but, you know, I remember watching one that was like, we're spending a million dollars on our wedding. And I was like, what? kind of status thing is this for you because you know y'all getting divorced if you're doing that like this isn't about your love it's like a hobby (laughs) I always am planning my next wedding yeah it's my hobby (laughs) they have like you know what is it like academy award style like gift bags for all their guests or something or like there's actually a guy his name is Ray Roman and he is like the most expensive wedding videographer and he has a whole team of people that show up it's like a production a film production for these celebrities wedding days and they spend like i think fifty thousand dollars because he'll have like like a crane you know what i mean like like a like hollywood style like crane like showing the couple and like cutting between different cameras and yeah it's like a whole it's a whole thing so Wow. Mm -hmm. I don't even know that that would actually be more appealing, but I get, like, in theory, you're like, well, yeah, it's fancier. It's like, I don't know. I think the up close and personal seems nicer, but all right, whatever, dude. What was your (laughs) wedding like? I don't know if I know like how you guys got married if you want to talk about it i don't know if it's private you know, no yeah we no we just went to the courthouse like yeah i i initially 
wanted to like do a thing but I think it's only because Sean's been married before so I was and he had like a wedding then where uh-huh. I was like oh no she does not get a wedding and then I don't have a wedding um, I just you got bit by the I wedding knew. bug that's so funny yes totally but I knew I was like no I really don't care about that it seems awkward and I think it would be annoying yeah. to spend that much money on stuff and whatever so, um, yeah, I just went to the courthouse. The only thing that's weird to me is, like, they don't set it up nicely, like, at all. <laughs> where it's, like, either have it be completely unofficial, where there's nothing, or have it look pretty nice. Like, because our wedding photos, like, I think are really nice. Until I notice there's just, like, a window with, like, vertical blinds or whatever in the background that I'm, like... Well, no, that's weird. Why, why did you just leave a window there? You couldn't put, like, a fucking curtain or something? So that's just put a little bit of effort in next time, guys. But um, but I do think if I could change one thing, I would have, like, hired a photographer or something to at least be there for us for that moment because it was only it was 30 minutes or something total, like, going there and doing it and leaving and it just would have been nice to maybe have like more, but you know. So when what's your anniversary? Your important. Um, December twenty first. But what year? Two thousand seventeen, I think. Okay. Not positive. So <laughs> you could always, I mean, any time you can hire a professional photographer for like a two hour session. That's basically like an engagement session, or even thirty minutes. I mean, I've seen Ashley, Ashley and Eddie, they do it with their kids. You hire somebody and they go take photos of you. It doesn't even have to be for a reason. And you'll just like have photos of you guys, like something nice to frame or you could do a vow renewal for your five year or something and hire somebody like just because you didn't do it on your like, you're like, no, I'm good. (laughs) Just because you didn't do it, like doesn't mean you can't (laughs) have that experience. That sounds cute in a way, but... Like, I went on this diet, like, a couple years ago, and then after I went off it, I gained so much weight that I'm like, I don't really want the pictures now. Oh, I hate that. But then, you know, I'll probably wait, and then in two years, I'll weigh even more, and I'll be like, why didn't I just do it then? That's tough. Um, That's a tough part of being a woman (laughs) in our society is that we're unfortunately so conscious of that stuff and it keeps us yeah from like you exist as a person you're a beautiful person and you deserve to be photographed and to have photos of yourself and yeah but that's but I just, understand yeah, how you feel not. I totally get it yeah yeah well that was a nice thing to say Stephanie what <laughs> just saying oh what a beautiful person and you deserve to I mean it sounds like so basic like something that like I guess that's why maybe I need a therapist because there's things that you go, well, who cares about that? Or I, mm. but you know, just um, maybe discounting things that, that nice. mean more to you than you realize, or something. I think so. Yeah, I think that's a common thing. It's like you don't even know. You just don't even know. You just assume that it kind of doesn't matter until one day you're like crying about it or whatever, and then you're like, oh. I guess I do care about that. Totally. I had a a guy I dated, his mom didn't like how she looked and never wanted to have photos taken. 
Like, it didn't even matter if it was a special event. So I'm like, you basically don't exist. You're like a ghost. Like, mm-hmm. and I've definitely seen pictures of myself where I'm like, wow. <laughs> like, okay, so that's <laughs> when I was, that's when, that's what I looked like. Okay. Um, or even recently, it's like people do behind the scenes stuff when I'm at a wedding and they post it as like a, you know, to the stories of like, you know, someone did it just this weekend. Oh, I'm shooting with S cop or Steph cop, whatever. And my first thought is, oh, my God, my arm in that jumpsuit. And I'm holding the thing, and I'm, like, with a backpack, and I'm, like, <laughs> like making weird noises. And it's just, like, you know what, Stephanie? The thing is, is that's what you look like. And sometimes that's what you look like in that situation and whatever and blah, blah, blah. And I just think of that, that mom from the ex-boyfriend, and it's, like, I don't want to be that person mm-hmm. You know, it's okay if sometimes I look bigger than I wish I did or from that angle. Like, it's like, either way, that's what I look like. (laughs) It's like what the world sees. And I want to, like, exist as a person. But I fall prey to the same stuff as, like, I have to coach myself on it, too. Like, I don't necessarily, Mm -hmm. I don't post every picture of myself or, like, I'm curating my feed just like everybody else. And so I think it's... It's but so you understandable. Also have to know that it's like people don't necessarily see you the way you see you. And when I think about right. pretty much everyone in my life, I'm like, yeah, when I think of them, they look exactly the same forever. Or yeah. I, I think of them exactly the same way forever, even though I'm sure to them, they're like, oh my God, I look different because of this or because of this, or I've gained weight or I've lost weight. Or, and it's like, but it all ends up just being the person that you know and like who gives a shit even when you know somebody who has gained a lot of weight or whatever at first you're like oh wow that's hopefully they're cool with it I mean that's always my thought is like I hope they're not like sad about this because that would suck but then it's like you get over it and you go okay that's what they look like now who cares yeah I don't know you know so I definitely like just because you see a picture you don't like not everybody's like, whoa, look at that wedding photographer. She looks awful. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> they don't think anything like that. <laughs> I, I think you're so right. Like, when you when you think about how do other people view you or what you think of somebody else, like, in a similar situation. And so I try to take myself into that perspective. Like, I see that video posted of me in my arm, and I'm like, okay, that's the knee-jerk reaction I'm having. But someone else seeing it could be like, wow, look at Steph. It's so cool that she became a wedding videographer. Like, oh, I wonder what she's filming yeah. in that. She looks so focused. She must really love her job. And, like, you know, I there's just so many ways to look at a situation. So I try. Yes. it's good to try to find a good one. But, you know, it, it's interesting, too, you're talking about, like, women and weight and weight fluctuations and I recently came across this book called In the Flow which is about the four um, phases of our menstrual cycle for menstruating women and depending on the cycle you're in you should be resting or active so a lot of women exercise throughout their whole phase all their phases and they don't lose weight because when you're putting yourself under intense stress while you're menstruating it actually like triggers certain hormones that make you put on weight that put you into too much stress oh interesting whereas like right now like i'm in the follicular phase which is like right after i had my period so i'm like this is the good time to be social so you're like let's do the podcast this day i'm like i can handle it that day like this is the (laughs) day where you like go for a run or you do like a big workout or like lifting weights or whatever and then like in the ovulatory phase which is next 
that's also when you're still social and you have a lot of energy but once you hit like the luteal phase which is right before menstrual that's when like your body starts to slow down so like when you notice you know what, i don't want to hang out with people don't hate yourself because you're so antisocial and you have no friends or whatever stories you tell yourself it's just no your body is yes. winding down and it's telling you you're irritable therefore it's okay to chill out and be by yourself like literally last week i was on my period i i was like i hate my life I'm so frustrated. I feel depressed. Like, I was so overwhelmed. I, like, just had the vaccine. My allergies were coming up. I had my period. And I was just feeling so stagnant and stuck and terrible. And then my period ended, and I was like, oh, yeah. I'm this other person, too, who's, like, social and has a cheerier outlook on life. And I, I, you know, had two shoots this weekend that went wonderfully, met these really cool people. I'm feeling, like, good about myself. You know, it's like... Yeah. Those are all Stephanie. Those all all those phases are me and it's okay. I want to get better at when I'm in that phase of being on my period or feeling more reclusive that like I just take care of myself and like honor that that's where I'm at. Yes. Versus we hating myself such... and then forgetting yes. this week I would normally I think I would just forget it and be like, "Why am I not like this all the time? Oh my god, why do I get like that?" And it's like, "Oh, because hormones and being a woman." And it's okay. We're just not necessarily taught that it's okay. And that's how it is. Well, and we don't, there's so many aspects to that. Like there's that with being a woman in your period and whatever. And I'm sure there's like way more shit, like to a degree when people talk about the full moon, like doing something, I'm like, I bet it does. If the moon can like (laughs) control the tides, it probably does do something to us. If it like affects it when we have like melatonin and how well we sleep and whatever, yeah, it probably does affect us in other ways. And there's probably a ton of things that affect us. But we just think we should have this consistency. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all expect this very specific stuff from ourselves, even though, like you said, we are humans living in this world that we, like, created that is unlike the natural world. And we don't even know mm-hmm. the point. But if you're not mm-hmm. ambitious and living your dream, which is, like, a concept we all made up, mm-hmm then you're not good enough but it's like Mm -hmm. what is even anything and what (laughs) what what this is what it looks like on your brain two weeks post watching the movie soul (laughs) seriously oh my god it should come with a warning like a disclaimer no i totally i hear you existential crisis Yeah, like, because I was thinking about it, and it's like, I am, like, obnoxiously ambitious, but often for, like, weird things, or maybe it doesn't stick, or, like, I want to do way too much, I'll go, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and I want to do this, and I want to do that, and I want to do all of them so passionately, and I will do some of them, but it's like, which I, I think is great, but I think a lot of people also feel like you need to be focused but I mean is there a problem with doing things another way I don't know right um you know when you feel like something that feels honest and true to you is counter to like maybe what you see in the world it's hard to trust it but I think like yes whatever feels right to you is is what feels right to you and so if that's what feels good, yeah. then it's your life and you, you get to live it that way. Yes. Like, 
I think that's such a good way to look at it. Like, and I see this sometimes in other people, like, like Sarah Silverman. This is like a totally different sort of thing. But Sarah Silverman, um, I just love in every way. But one thing that's really interesting about her is that she, like, isn't married. She never has, like, a serious, um, she always has a serious relationship, but never to the point of, like, marriage. And usually she's with people for, like, two years or so. It's like she doesn't have, like, super long relationships. But she always, like, is absolutely crazy about the people. They seem to have a great relationship when they're together. And then they seem to have, like, an amicable breakup where they still can be friends after. And so initially you're like, what is going on? But then, because she's 49 or something like that. No. But then I'm like, yeah, she's <laughs> she is almost 50, which is insane. That's crazy. Yeah. But then I was like, you know what? That actually seems awesome to get to like deeply know all of these different people mm -hmm. and to be known and loved by that Aww. many different people yeah. and knowing that you will still get a chance to connect with someone new. Mm -hmm. Like that's just cool. It sounds really so, fearless. Like a lot of people I think live yeah. in so much fear and they stay in a relationship because they're worried that they won't find something better or even as good you know? Yeah. And or they're just going to die alone or they're not going to have this or that or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. What are people going to think if we break up? Like I noticed too, and I'm sure part of this is just that it's painful, but when I've had friends who've like gotten divorced or things like that, like they do not ever mention it. You only know when they like post a picture with their next boyfriend and then you go, Oh, I guess wow. she got divorced, but I don't know if that's partially just shame too, that it's like, I don't, and you know, who cares? It's no one's business, yeah. but I just, you know, mm -hmm. I think everybody should just do whatever works for them and you know, who cares? Like, like you said, if it's making you happy mm -hmm. just because it doesn't fit with what the world makes you feel like your life should be like, who cares? It's so hard, though, because we're also social creatures that are supposed to live in communities of, like, 100 people or something. And if you're different from the community, like, that's, like, really bad for you, for your health. That's true. You have to be a part. So I think that's what's hard is that in this growing, globalizing world, we really can be whoever we want to be. And we can choose our own internet friends and everything. And that's counter mm -hmm. to, like, our evolutionary needs. So that's, I think, why so many of us have anxiety. It's, like, it's mm -hmm. kind of crazy that we could really do anything we want within reason. There's a lot of people who still don't have as much privilege as I do, who can't, who don't have mm -hmm. access to things as easy, for sure. But there's, like, also people today that if you have Internet access, even if you just go to the library and get on the computer, you can learn so many things on YouTube and like become this person. And so it's like with all this access to information and opportunity, you could do anything or be anything. And then it's like, well, am I doing the right thing? Am I being the right thing? There's anxiety yeah. that comes with that. Whereas like, you know, if you're in a culture where it's like, okay, well your dad's a cobbler, so you're going to be a cobbler and you're going to fix the shoes and that's your thing. And then you're just wishing you could be an artist or whatever. And for us, it's like, well, I could be this or I could be that or I could be this or like, ah, like, yes, which one do so I choose? True. And so then you choose the one that you like the best. But there's just like always this anxiety of like, what if or how about that or 
whatever. Yeah. Like we were talking about like people who feel sure about who they are or what they want to be in life. Like how do they exist? <laughs> like that. That's what I mean. I know. I have no idea. And are they lying? Hmm. Maybe some of them are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Self preservation. Like if they have parents yeah. who are really like expecting a lot of them, you kind of it's probably safer for you just to say, "Oh, I'm a this," and then just be that, yeah. so that you don't have to deal with them being like, you know, True. "Why haven't you picked yet?" and like, "What are you doing?" and all these other things. Or if it's just like supported at the right time in your life too. Like I was watching Intervention the other day, and this guy said he knew he wanted to be a pilot because his grandpa used to take him out of school and like say that he was he had a doctor's appointment or whatever and take him to watch the planes like at the airport i love that and it's like that is insane that that would be that big of a moment that he's like oh my god i just loved it which this just goes back i just have to say there are people who truly think that gender is solely a construct and it's like no it isn't I don't give a shit about planes. I can't even tell you how many of the little boys I talk to are like, oh, planes, engines, cars, uh, boats. It's they're in love with it. And then you organizing all of your shit with your baby apron. Okay? There's some biological differences there. (laughs) It's not solely societally made. Some of it is. Sure. (laughs) but I don't know I don't think I'm there with you on that because there's a reinforcement that happens so let's say I organize something as a little kid and my mom's like that's really good good job you know it's like you're groomed in certain ways way younger than people even realize we have gender reveal parties people are so obsessed with what sex their kid is they're grooming them at such a young age it it I think people view it that way now because for some reason it seems wrong for us to be different but i Mm. think if we can just decide different is not wrong like Mm. it only makes sense that boys would be different from girls they have different hormones they have different body parts they have different i mean there's all kinds of things that you know for a fact are different so why wouldn't other aspects be different yeah but it's it's like you know why the question of nature versus nurture is hard to answer it's because you just can't you could always have a hypothetical well maybe it's because of this or maybe somebody did this and they didn't even realize or maybe they whatever because it's nature and nurture always you can't like take nurture away that would be child abuse yeah so it's impossible it's impossible to really separate Mm -hmm. but one thing I will say that made me absolutely sure that it is there's real biological differences is I read this um, human sexuality book and I took a class and it talked about how they did studies with, I think it was monkeys, um, and they just noticed how the boys played with trucks and the girls played with dolls. And it was not, there's no reinforcement. Wait, monkeys? Yes, you wouldn't say in monkey society they did this. It's like, no, it just is for whatever reason there you know like as people always say women don't go in the sciences because in the sciences because it's not supported I think there's more to it I really think our brains like work differently I remember uh, a male no female to male transgender person on a show once saying that once they started taking testosterone yeah they could drive better and they understood math better and at first that sounded like an insane thing to say 
But then I thought, well, you can't just discount someone's experience. What if that is true? Mm -hmm. And there just is something about testosterone or whatever that makes you see things Mm -hmm. in a different way or understand things in a different way. Yeah. And it's, and it doesn't have to be bad. It's not like women are idiots. We have all these other strengths, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and of course they mix and, you know, like you've said, you think autistic people are like at a higher level. I also think gay people tend to be at a higher level. For sure. It's like, and it's not, you could easily say, well, it's because they overcome a lot or they have a lot of free time or they're isolated from other people or they have to Mm -hmm. prove themselves. Mm-hmm. But I think there's more to it. Mm-hmm. Gay guys can't be great at everything just because of that. That cannot be it. I think it's they have, like, the best of both worlds with, mm-hmm. like, maybe male and female hormones or something that just makes them, like, superhuman. And that doesn't mean that straight people are pieces of shit. It's just, like... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Totally. Well, Acknowledging the difference. I think, like, androgynous people were seen as like more connected to the spiritual right right, in other cultures because they did have they they didn't have they weren't binary they weren't one or the other they were a mix of the two they were their own special mix and so it made them more connected to the world in a way that other people weren't and I do feel like we all live on a spectrum so I personally just don't like the binary idea of like men and women I mean I definitely feel like I connect to being a woman and I like doing my nails and, like, girly things. So I, I understand the, that there is a difference between men and women. But I feel like if we obsess over that or, like, try to prove it too much, it discounts all the outliers. And because of just the way bell curves yeah. work and math works and statistics work, it's like, why put us in two boxes if two boxes are not the only boxes? You know, we can say, like, a majority of men or a majority of women or even saying majority, I feel like, discounts people's experiences too I don't know so even though it's like I agree with you to an extent there's a part of me that doesn't want to perpetuate that because I want to leave more room for voices that maybe haven't been heard like when Allison and I talk about it she says that she thinks like you know how they say like the future is female and all this stuff she's like I really think the future is non-binary I think kids are like frustrated with the level of obsession of what it means to be their gender or their sex I mean just the gender reveal parties, like, I'll say that again, in the last, like, few years have become this obsession of, like, what is the gender of your child, and, like, what is that going to mean for you as a parent and them as a kid, and then there's kids who are exploring being transgender, and maybe they decided they wanted to transition, and then they got older, and they wanted to transition back. It's, like, none of this stuff is so cut and dry that you are this or you are that. A lot of girls are tomboys, and they become very girly, or vice versa. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, it's so cool that there's masculine and feminine and if we were allowed to experience them to the extent that we want to i think that there are a lot more interesting things would happen while at the same time honoring that we have hormones as men and women yeah that will tend like like the thing you say about the testosterone with the math and the and the driving like probably sure hunters and gatherers like they have to be out there hunting like they're gonna need different skills than a woman who's taking care of the community and you know doing that kind of stuff like there's there's definitely differences but I also like take pause before like I don't know letting that be so important I just think there should be space for everybody and I don't think like 
I think it gets very convoluted when we focus on the labels because we need labels for things because that's language. You have to call something something. Mm -hmm. So I think when people get too obsessed with like, well, we can't say just men yeah. are like this or women are like this because because then you, I mean, honestly, if we start to get very inclusive, it does get to a point where you say, well, we can't say people have hands because some people don't have hands. I mean, literally, though, some people don't. And, and it's like, no, those people are still people. They're great, but I can't include them in my wording of every single thing I say about people. You know what I mean? Um, That's so such a I good example, like... Val. That's such a good example. And I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> there just needs to be all people have hands <laughs> no they don't all hands matter well what if i don't have a hand this is like humanity i will tell you something else really cool though that in that human sexuality book it had so many cool things in it yeah but another thing was about people who have like mixtures of the different genetics from different sexes so some are like you know, this person, like, presents as female, but she has, like, testicles, like, in her body. They're not, right. like, out, but that creates those sex hormones. Intersex. Personality. Is that called intersex? I, I don't know. There's, There's like, a, lot a lot of different lot terms. Of different ones. So, I, but I know, yeah. I and they're one. all, like, so different. I'm not sure if that one is intersex or not. Yeah, but, you don't want to mislabel it. You know, yeah. they talk about how the outward appearance um is female but the personality is a lot more typical of male for at least for this particular girl they were talking about i think it was maybe like a case study thing mm -hmm. but then they talked about how there are guys who have like an extra y chromosome so that's like the male one mm -hmm. and that they are super violent and like way more likely to be in jail and have like all of these like hyper masculine traits um, and that hyper-masculine men tend to be attracted to hyper-feminine women. And that these are, like, the facial features of them. And hyper-feminine women, it's like their faces look like a baby. Like, the proportions are like a baby. Whoa. And that's... <laughs> like a baby. I just like how you said that. They're like a baby. Because <laughs> it's just so creepy. I think it's, like, big forehead, like, big eyes, like, little face. Is that why um, they all get Brazilians, too? probably honestly like let's look oh into this <laughs> yeah i uh i don't know there's there's just these all these crazy differences but i think we yeah. would be in a better place if we could acknowledge everything because yeah, part of me also thinks that. let me just say the male female thing Part of me thinks it's insulting to trans people when we say that these things don't really exist. Totally. Because then what are they saying? Mm -hmm. If they say, I feel like a male, you go, well, being a male doesn't actually mean anything. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. It's, mm -hmm. it's almost like saying your experience isn't real. And I, but I think it's very real. Mm -hmm. I think that being biologically something, um, in your like how you feel or whatever is like very real and there are people who don't like the societal constructs of it and they may also choose to maybe dress more like the other mm -hmm. gender or something like that but not there's not 
always the biological like trans element some of it i think is just societal preferences Mm -hmm. where some people don't want to you know it might have a male who wants to wear a dress and it's more of a statement Mm -hmm. or a preference rather than a this is who i am Mm -hmm. um but as long as we consider all of these people valid yeah I mean, kind of, I guess, who gives a shit how we talk about it almost? I don't know. I hear you. I I understand. I understand that. Like, I can totally relate to you being, like, trying to make sense of it and what is my opinion on it, but also, like, why do we cling to these things at the same time? It's all, it's all tricky. It's all very tricky. Um, But, yeah, there's. There's all kinds of interpretations that I think are valid. I get where pretty much everyone is coming from on it, but I think we all need to be less stringent about our particular view because it ultimately doesn't matter. If we're all saying we're cool with it, Mm -hmm. okay then, great. Let's all just be cool with it then in whatever way makes sense to your brain. Maybe it's like sexuality is like astrology and your sex is like your sun sign. And then oh, everything else is, like, your <laughs> rising and your moon and your whatever. It's, like, all these different ways that affects who you it are as a person. Because that's what makes me sad is when people are, like, men are this way and women are this way. It's, like, but, yeah, but some men are really good at organizing. And some women really love mechanics and trucks. Some women want to be CEOs yeah. and ball busters. And other women, you know, and other men yeah. want to be caretakers and take care of kids at home. So I just... I think it's cool if people could just explore being whatever they want. Like, I follow some people online where, like, if their son wants to dress up as a princess for Halloween, they let him. If their son wants to buy a Barbie, they let him. Does he also play with trucks? Yeah. Does he also, you know, do all these things? Yeah. But the other thing, too, that societally gets complicated is that if a girl wants to play with trucks, it's welcome. But if a boy wants a dollhouse they're not allowed. They have to do boy things. And and this one woman made such a good point about it that it's not a sin to be a man. It's like a sin, not that I like the word sin at all, but like it's a sin to be a woman. So men are not allowed to be like women, but women are allowed to be like men. So in that way, we have the luxury of the flexibility. Like, oh, she's just a quirky girl who likes boy things. But then men aren't allowed to fully express themselves. So if they're gay and flamboyant or if they like caretaking or organizing or they just don't fall into that typical male box, there, there's, it's just, I don't know, it just gets heavy and negative and sad to me because I think it's so beautiful when people can really be the full expression of themselves. And so that's, I think, where I get hung up talking about sex and gender and men and women are different because yeah it's definitely not a blanket rule and it causes a lot of problems Mm -hmm. for sure to view it that way and i'm definitely not like oh men are like (laughs) the the typical the stereotypical like man is never someone i would ever date yeah like those like if they are more i would guess it's men who have more testosterone are the ones that Mm -hmm. tend to be like that or mm. we're very much socialized into this is what a man is. You're not allowed to, you know, right. definitely there's different elements. But that stuff that that a comedian would say, men are like this, women are like that, that's yucky. Mm. Yucky. So I need someone in, in the middle. I need someone who's definitely more of a an individual, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So I definitely know they exist because they're better. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
right, Stephanie, I'm going to let you go finally. Uh, I told myself, I told myself I'd keep it to an hour and I knew it was a lie. And I mean, honestly, we're lucky we didn't go to three hours. We are lucky. We, I feel like we could talk possibly all night. I know I could. Um, I'm <laughs> so. loving this. This is so much fun. Okay, good. I'm glad this really, this is one of my favorite things to do, just to talk to people about stuff, especially when you really yeah. get good conversations going. It's it's the best. It's that's why I'm like, okay, I guess I'm an, an extrovert. I don't know. Right. Didn't know. Yeah, totally. Well, once you've, you've made it through all the people you know, if you ever need repeat people. Yes. Absolutely. Let me know because this is fun. It's just nice to have an excuse to like catch up and check in and get to know you yeah. as you are now, you know, because we don't get to like hang out or talk as much as when we were younger and yeah. begging our parents to let us stay at each other's houses. And... Oh my God. <laughs> I was thinking about that. That's one reason I was like, oh my God, we're going to talk for too long because I was remembering how well we always got along. I was like, oh no, <laughs> this is going to be bad. <laughs> episode yeah, 10 <laughs> yeah again we have Stephanie <laughs> I now only want to talk to Stephanie very sorry to everyone else in my life we're done <laughs> you can't make jokes like that that's just like low key inflating my ego anyway I'm like she's joking but she's serious <laughs> No, yeah, and that's true. She is joking, but she's serious. That's is true. that like, that's like your memoir or like your tombstone? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wait, is she serious? No. Yeah, but a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's always true. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I definitely will have you on again. I mean, I'm terrible at like scheduling and then I'm terrible at editing. Oh god, editing is the worst. I still have to edit. Oh god, it's yeah. I I didn't even. Hello, we can have a whole other episode about editing. I didn't even think about that. You were with me on this. Yes, I'm right there with you. <laughs> god, I've got like six Ugh. in the queue. It's it's the worst part. Mm-hmm. Even though once I'm doing it, I do love it and I get in the zone, but it's just too. Tiny. And then you're done, and you're like, I made this. Yes, yeah. and it's the best, but it's still, it's just like. Finishing a project. No. It's not <laughs> <know>. possible. <laughs> How did we end up here? Why are these the things we do? <laughs> can I pay someone to edit this? Is you can. It? You totally can. <laughs> I'm sure you'll get to that point. You know, once you're running your That'd thriving, nice. like, dating <laughs> empire, matchmaking. Yes. You've taught all oh the kids God, to t- touch, be... talk about their feelings, and there's no more kids who don't know how to talk about their feelings. We're done. The world is here. You're going to be paying someone else to edit your podcast. Someone to edit. Yes. That's number one expense. (laughs) Well, thanks, Val. Thank you for having me. Thanks for chatting. Stephanie. It's good to see you, even though I didn't know I was going to see you. (laughs) I didn't know you were going to see me. I'm so glad that was a surprise. That was hilarious. (laughs) Then you're just you. You're just authentic you. Yeah, totally. I will see you on Instagram. Yep. And I'll be there. You know, I appreciate the audio messages. I never even knew that was a thing. So cool. Let's keep it going. <laughs> I love it.
Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Message to them. <Val>. Okay. <laughs>